Now joining us on the line to speak to us about the measures that have been taken and put in place to ensure that these numbers do not increase over the next few weeks is the Deputy Chairperson of the National House of Traditional Leaders and he is also the head of the National Initiation Task Team, Nkosi Sipo Matlangu. Thanks for your time this morning, Nkosi. Thank you, Sagina, and morning to your listeners. So I, I just looked at my email now and I see uh, there's an update on the numbers. I uh, got a message here from Takani at Cocta saying that uh, the death statistics currently stand at 18. Um, uh, according to your stats, uh, what numbers do you have at the moment? It is the same uh, stats that you have uh, from uh, Takani. Uh, I think 17 of them have been coming from the Eastern Cape and one uh, coming from the Northwest. Nkosi Maslangu, as head of the National Initiation Task Team, what exactly is your mandate? Look, uh, our mandate is to come up with um, standards uh, for, to to run a proper initi- initiation schools to to try by all means uh, to make sure that all those stakeholders that are involved in initiation schools are involved. Three, to discourage uh, people from uh, uh, running illegal initiation schools. Um, four, is also to, to, to form what we call initiation forums. Those initiation forums would be uh, forums that would include the police, the National Prosecuting Authority, Department of Health, uh, di- different departments, those forums would be the ones that would be going around monitoring uh, initiation initiation schools and also uh, drafting the policy uh, that is uh, on initiation, which would, which would lead to a legislation that is going to legislate how uh, initiation is conducted uh, throughout the country. But I think the, the, the biggest mandate that we have is to curb uh, the number of deaths that are there in initiated schools, and mine as, as a traditional leader, to make sure that traditional leaders go back to us taking over uh, this uh, culture that seems to have uh, been taken over by, by charlatans uh, that are killing our children. So what can be done to effectively stop this? Because government has really, you know, gone all out in trying to make sure that we stem the tide, we curb these uh, deaths at initiation schools. But our parents, our communities playing active enough roles in ensuring the safety of their children? Sagina, we, that's the part where we are not doing well in terms of making sure that we have uh, vigilant uh, parents that are very jealous uh, with their own children, especially on the safety of their own children. Because in most cases, uh, you find that parents would be the ones that would take their children to illegal schools. And even where we want to intervene in other areas, especially in the Eastern Cape, uh, it would be the same parents that would not give you the correct information for which we need to intervene. It sometimes would be the same parents that would stop you from bringing uh, medical uh, uh, you know, assistance to those that need medical assistance because of stigma. Uh, so we we are failing on that part, but we are we are doing all that we can. I mean, we've had in Bumba, and the wives of uh, traditional leaders and those women that are in traditional communities going around trying to educate uh, parents and uh, you know mobilizing them 
that they need to take an active role uh, when it comes uh, to to initiation. And we've also been uh, trying, Sakina, because you know that we are experiencing El Nino, we are experiencing heat, there's no... Um, there's, 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 no, there's no water, there's water crisis and all those. As the department and, uh, of culture and traditional affairs and all those, we did try to warn provinces that please reduce the number of initiatives that will be going there because there's a shortage of water. There's also uh, problems with drought and, and, and all sorts of things. But I think uh, parents uh, uh, and, and those provinces, I think, could not heed the call, uh, especially in the Eastern Cape. Everybody still went, but what we've done now, uh, we've just escalated uh, this this initiation uh, problem to the net joint. The net joint would be it's where the the the, the police and uh, all departments, the, the same committee that ran the 2010 stadium, the same committee that was looking after our visitors now during um, the China Africa uh, conf- conferences, were on a daily basis. You know, uh, different departments would sit and make sure that uh, they gather information, intervene where people need to be to intervene, arrest those that uh, that need to be arrested. Because we just felt that this, this is a serious crisis. Um, you know, it, it has mm. to be treated as a crisis. It can't be a soft approach anymore. Indeed. Because whenever you are soft, parents don't. Uh, sometimes they don't want to um, assist where they're supposed to assist. Kosimasangu, is there any update on government's consideration? Because uh, there was a consideration to ban traditional surgeons from uh, performing the circumcisions and only allowing qualified medical doctors to do the surgeries. Any update on that? The, the update on that, it, it, it was not uh, necessarily banning, but what we are banning is uh, unqualified traditional surgeons. Because traditional surgeons also have to go through a process of being uh, trained and and what I must say, Sagina, sometimes it, it is not necessarily the surgeons uh, that would kill uh, the children. It would be the people that are supposed to be taking care of the children. And I think that's where we've been experiencing serious problems. Well, normally we'd apportion the blame on on traditional surgeons, and but you find that what uh, normally kills it is how the children are treated after uh, uh, the surgical process has been done, and you find that. They've been ill-treated, others have been abused. It wasn't the there was quite a number of cases of abuse. People have been arrested. Um, there are issues of dehydration where people will refuse to give children water. Uh, you know, so those are areas that we want, that we are focusing on where we are saying there must be vigorous training uh, and careful identification of caregivers. Because care- parents, just take anybody, they take somebody that drinks on a daily basis, that is, frustrated in life, and they take him and they give him the responsibility of, take, of looking after children. I think even you as a parent, if you have your, your child being a student at any school, you would not want an irresponsible person to be the one that is teaching your children. So mm-hmm. parents are, some parents are allowing that. And we are saying from now on, parents must take an active role in identifying very responsible people, people that have been trained to become uh, caregivers, because there is that process of, of training that that, that that is currently taking place. But they should be trained, they should be uh, prepared towards uh, initiation, and they should be able to give reports on a daily basis uh, of the people that uh, they, are, they are taking care of through the structures uh, of traditional leaders and also traditional leaders taking active role in making sure that on a daily basis 
they know in their own villages what is happening. Because we find other treatment leaders uh, that are not playing that active role. We don't have this big problem in in Limpopo because traditional leaders are taking active role and uh, they are charging people that are not uh, doing what they are supposed to be doing. They are on a daily basis on uh, you know on on the ground just to make sure that everything goes well. So we are also appealing that in the Eastern Cape, traditional leaders uh, they must take an active role. Yes, they are monitoring, but it should be something that is on a daily basis because we know that each and every year people go to initiation schools during summer and, 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 and winter.